If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Folks, welcome back. This is Coach Mark Devine, Seal Fit Headquarters in sunny Encinitas, California. Listen, today uh, I participate in a lively conversation with a fellow named Dave Asprey, who is also known as the Bulletproof Executive. So Dave is is a classic um, uh, hacker. He he not in a computer sense, but he loves to find ways to kind of shortcut training, shortcut uh, mental toughness, uh, shortcut. Um, you know, just performance in general. And, and he's really uncovered some really cool stuff. So we have a great, great conversation. It's going to be really enjoyable for you. You're going to learn a ton. And I encourage you also uh, during the show to check out uh, Asprey's uh, blog because he's got a lot of neat guests and, and um, a lot of cool information there. So let's enjoy the show, uh, Dave Asprey. Uh, before we start, I want to remind you that if you're not on our email list, go to sealfit.com and drop your email into the opt-in form. That way you'll stay um, apprised of all of our latest uh, weekly podcast, blogs, and SealFit TV episodes, as well as uh, the weekly workouts and any challenges we run, and any special offers. You know, oftentimes we'll run special offers where we'll give the uh, those on our email list a significant jump on uh, ordering something that may be really cool that is in limited supply or, you know, get a, a nice discount on something. So if you're really into the training, then uh, I highly encourage you to do that and check out our SealFit online. All right, let's go. I wanted to welcome you to the show. Tell you, I'm, I'm excited as hell to have you on. And uh, first, let me just ask you uh, what your view of biohacking is. What does that mean to you? Biohacking is about using technology in order to control and really take advantage of your own biochemistry and your neurochemistry and basically your brain, your body, and your mind. Right. It's about it's about combining those old practices, those ancient technologies, and I love it that you call them that because that's what they are, and bringing that, uh, making it more accessible using technology. For instance, okay. I, I did the equivalent of 40 years of Zen meditation in seven days, and I did that hooked up to an $11 million EEG machine. And no, I didn't you know, get all the, the Buddhist training that would have come with that, but what I did do was put my brain in exactly the same state as someone who spent 40 years of daily meditation practice. Now, that's the sort of thing. It would have taken a lifetime to do that, but it took seven days because we have all this new tech. So I want to marry this old stuff with the new stuff and make it so much more accessible to people who are doing other things besides just meditating. Right. So what were some? can you just give us um, a high-level overview of some of your biggest successes in terms of the different things that you've tried for biohacking? I know that you know, in my conversation with you before, you've, you've looked at trying to biohack sleep and uh, obviously in your bio nutrition and, and weight loss. 
uh, and you just mentioned meditation. So what, what were some of the biggest breakthroughs that you have or successes in uh, leveraging technology to accelerate learning or accelerate development? Well, the, the first one is about addressing basic biochemistry, because if you want to accelerate learning or physical movement or anything else, you've got to have your underlying hardware working at a, at a core level. To try and you know, improve your cognitive function when your mitochondria aren't working very well is not actually going to be an easy task. So the, the Bulletproof Diet, which uh, I put together over the course of years, is, is fundamental to the levels of performance that I have today. And it's 70% fat, and it really carefully excludes the little things that suck your performance. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a, a tick or a few mosquito bites, you don't really notice, but, you know, if you have like a bunch of the little tiny, you know, death by a thousand cuts, it really weighs down on your body. So I'm, I'm all about removing those from what I put into my body. And when you do that, you just reach a level of clarity and performance, especially when you do it over time. So your, your cells have a chance to generate their new cell membranes using the best fats available, things like that. All of a sudden, your hardware is in place, and then you can make these quantum leaps that would have been really tough to do if you were eating gluten and margarine and corn syrup every day. Right. Fascinating. So get the foundation cleaned up and cleared out first, and then you can work on the software. Exactly. And you know, anyone who's in alignment with uh, your philosophy or my philosophy, which are, are very similar, is going to sort of understand that. You know, it, it, It's not reasonable to say, I'm going to go kick ass all day, and then I'm just going to have some popcorn and granola, and then I'll do it again the next day, because eventually you're going to pay. And you're going to pay first in performance and then in health. So we get that dialed. And for me, that meant losing 100 pounds, and I've kept it off for more than 10 years. I used to weigh 300 pounds. I weigh, actually, I'm down about 220 because I've got an extra 20 pounds of muscle that just doesn't seem to go away no matter how little I exercise, which is exactly how it should be. <laughs> the, the second thing on top of that is really getting control of your sympathetic nervous system, the fight-or-flight response. Right. And, you know, there's some amazing books written about that right now, but one of the best ones I've seen is, is On Combat, which right. came out couple years ago, and, and that has just a wonderful overview in it of what happens to your nervous system. But what most people don't understand is that their nervous system was programmed to protect their body long before they had enough of an adult brain to do anything about it. So when you were you know, two years old or five years old or, or even seven, eight, nine, you learned that certain things in your environment could kill you and that they could threaten you. And it doesn't matter if, if they actually could or not. Your nervous system learned this the same way a dog learns. You see a dog who's gun shy. Okay, the dog somehow associated fear and death with the sound of a gun, so every time a gun goes off, it wets itself. Well, right. your nervous system is the same way. And if you don't learn how to know when your nervous system is about to wet itself, and you don't know how to turn off that response, you will not perform at the level that you're capable of. Right. For me, the, the technology that worked best is something that I actually started carrying on Upgraded Self, my, my product side. It's called the Inner Balance Sensor from HeartMath. And it's a $99 thing that looks at your heart rate, and it measures the spacing between each heartbeat. It then makes a little graph, and essentially it turns a light green when you've turned off your sympathetic nervous system, and it turns a light red when it gets activated. So all of a sudden you have like a little map, like a little GPS that tells you what's my nervous system doing right now, and in a few days of training, you start to realize, hey, the light would have turned red. I don't have the thing plugged in or turned on, but I can tell my body did that thing that makes it turn red, and I didn't want it to do that. It was an unconscious action that cost me adrenal reserves. So now that I felt it, I'm going to turn it off. And when you do that, all of a sudden, this huge reservoir of performance that you were just wasting every day comes back online for you. Right. Fascinating. So this device, is it something you wear 
just to train your awareness and then you don't need it anymore? Is it, is it a permanent shift or do you have to like come back to it and, and use it periodically? It's something that I recommend for my executive coaching clients. I recommend that they do it for 10 to 20 minutes a day for six weeks. After six weeks, a couple things happen. One is synaptogenesis. You grow new synapses that teach you how to have this new kind of nervous system control, and you get a, a habit-forming thing that happens between 40 and 42 days. So you do it for that long, you get in the habit of just checking in on what the state of your nervous system is, and it becomes automatic. After that, you might want to check in once a month, plug the thing in for 10 minutes, and see if you can make the score go up. But it's like riding a bike. Once you know how to turn off your sympathetic nervous system, you know how to turn it off. And it is a profoundly powerful practice. Um, people who have PTSD or people who've had you know, really rough childhoods or something or who've been through a, a violent crime may need more than six weeks of training in order to get it up there. But once you get to where you can do it on the hard setting for 10 minutes, you're there. Like, you've got the skill. You don't, you don't have to have the sensor anymore. Right. That's pretty interesting. But here's something that, that might be kind of surprising for your listeners. I had no clue about this. Uh, I learned when I was, was 30, basically, that, that one of the reasons that I had the level of nervous system sympathetic activation that I had throughout my life was because I was born with a cord wrapped around my neck. So I came into the world thinking that basically there were things out to kill me by choking me. And this wasn't a conscious or a level of intelligence involved there. This is that dog level behavior. So that shaped a lot of my response to stress because it was like you know, life-threatening stress all the time that I wasn't even aware of. And right. through the help of these kinds of technologies and some more ancient ones, man, I totally learned how to turn it off. And it's not something that affects, you know, my, my day-to-day operating anymore. But there was a time in my life when it was affecting how I treated other people, how I treated myself, and all sorts of levels that were not conscious to me at the time. Right. Very interesting. So it sounds to me like if you had, you know, the type of experience you would have with a trained therapist to do something like EMDR, Essentially, you know, with a tool like this, you're bypassing the therapist and doing self-therapy. Would that be kind of a somewhat of an accurate description of, of the, you know, the way these tools are used? I mean, the, some of this stuff could be available, administered, let's say, with a trained professional, but it's time-consuming, it's costly, it's, you know, it's dependent. And so what you're doing is just saying, let's bypass this, let's leverage the technology, kick out the middleman, and do some self-training. You know, sometimes it, it does work like that. And, in fact, there are lots of therapists who use heart rate variability training like this with their clients, even in conjunction with EMDR. And there's a training course for physicians and therapists. Uh, I'm uh, certified as a performance coach in it because, well, I'm not a therapist or a physician, and I'm not licensed to be one. And the difference there is, is that, you know, in, in the U.S. particularly, if you are increasing performance or you're enhancing wellness, it's not a medical situation. If you're dealing with someone who's depressed, it's a medical situation. And like there's laws forbidding you to speak about certain things that, you know, that involve whatever the condition is. So it's kind of bizarre because honestly, who do you know who doesn't have even one single issue in their life? I don't. So all of us have room for improvement. And whether depression is what we call that set of issues that you're dealing with or PTSD or anything else, you know, you can increase your performance whether you're sick or well. And if you take that as your goal, it doesn't really matter where you start. And I tell you, I used to have chronic fatigue syndrome. I, I, when I was 300 pounds, I was a piece of work. You know, I had arthritis in my knees when I was 14. And you can climb out of the hole. And whether you identify yourself as a sick person who needs medicine or a, or a person who isn't doing as well as you'd like uh, and you're going to kick more ass, 
I see it in my clients all the time. You know, maybe they're seeing a therapist, but they also want to perform better. And that's what, that's what this whole life is about. You know, you, you turn up your performance. Uh, maybe the therapist is going to help. Maybe not. And I've had great results from therapy. But some of what I do here is not going to be addressed by therapy. You sit down for an hour. You say hi. You talk about your week. And by the time you're going to really be able to touch on any of those emotional issues, the, the thing is over. Before right. I knew heart rate, before I knew about heart rate variability training, I went to a 10-day like intensive transpersonal psychology workshop, and it took three and a half days before I could get into a zone where I could work on core issues. Like I, I'm just that well protected. So when I sit down with the heart rate variability training inner balance thing. I literally, like within a minute or two, I'm starting to hit it. And when I do it on the on Skype with clients, I've had people with just profound traumas after two minutes, like, oh, my God, I mean, these are men and women. Like, oh, wow, I, I, my body feels a, a way I didn't know it could feel. And, and they're getting, you know, amazing results. And it, it's not replacing for therapy. You still need to work through whatever it was that caused you to feel that way. But now you have an off switch, whereas before it's like something comes in, it takes over, and it makes you do stupid stuff. It is like a Labrador. If you think of what a Labrador does in, in your head, or it's not really, you know, just think of what a Labrador does. So a Labrador, oh, look, there's a leg, I'll go hump it. There's some poop, I'll go eat it. And there's a stick, I'll go chase it, right? <laughs> our our midbrain do just the same, right? Just, so, just describe field training. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you all of a sudden could know. Sorry, I missed that again, Mark. I said I was having flashbacks when you were saying this. <laughs> it's a profound thing to know that, that those processes are going on in your brain and just to have a little alert system to know that it's happening uh, is really useful in conjunction with therapy. And so it's right. not really a replacement, but man, right, I've right. certainly had great results from both. Right. That's fascinating. So, so what else? I mean, what other areas have been really um, kind of big ahas for you, like both, both with yourself and with your clients? I mean, again, we've, We've addressed a couple of really critical ones, you know, the, the sympathetic nervous system controlling, you know, with the HeartMath um, product or program, and then your diet, you know, which I, I'd, I'd love to get back into that if we could circle back to that because 70, 70% fat probably shocks a lot of people. I mean, that's a huge number. I mean, we know that fat is, is, is your most valuable source of food, but that's interesting. So I want to come back to that. But give me, you know, like the next biggest aha moment that you've had in, in, um, in your clients and yourself. The next biggest aha is around neuroplasticity and the amount of time that it takes for your brain to form new synapses and then to myelinate them. So forming synapses yeah. is the act of gaining a new skill, and myelination is the act of making that new skill automatic. Right. And it turns out that you can influence myelination speed by eating more fat because your myelin is made out of fat. <laughs> so that's it's useful to know. But also just that you can form new synapses relatively quickly. For instance, with uh, the clients I work with who are interested in improving their IQ scores, I work with a type of brain training called dual end-back training. And right. dual end-back training is free online. You can simply download an open source application. It's annoying as all hell. It's just like lifting weights kind of with your head. You, you have weird dreams. Right. You need extra sleep. And, and it's just <clears throat> unsatisfying to play this game. But you do it for 20 minutes a day for about 20 days. You feel frustrated like you're failing, like your score isn't getting better, and no one could ever do this. You, you keep at it, and after 14 days or thereabouts, your brain finally gets a signal that it's not going to get to slack off on this anymore, and it starts growing new synapses. And all of a sudden, your score goes way up. And when you're done, your IQ goes up. 
in fact, my uh, business partner raised his IQ 18 points with just this game in 20 days. It's like two points or 1.75 IQ points per hour of training, I think we figured out, or 2.75. It's ridiculous. It's not fun, but it's, it works. I got 12 IQ points out of just that. So knowing so that you can do these that, things. How's that made. different than just going, let's say, uh, purchasing a, uh, a memory course or something like that and just, just trying to enhance your cognitive powers through that? I mean, what is different about dual back than, say, learning a new language? When you do a, a memory course or learn a new language, you do get some synaptogenesis in the language processing centers themselves from the language, right. but most of the memory courses are, are tricks. Like, well, you know, imagine, okay, that guy's face is a little scrunched, so imagine, you know, two cars are scrunched together and, you know, his name is Mr. Scrunchy, and, and it's tricks like that. And right. so that's not going to actually raise your IQ score, and it's not going to increase the core memory in your brain. It's just going to give you tricks to help call things forward. What, and, and by the way, I respect that kind of people who master those techniques. They can do some neat stuff, and I, I don't, mean to dismiss them. I'm just saying it's not rewiring the brain the way that dual NBAC does. Because what dual NBAC is doing is it's forcing your brain to upgrade its working memory. If, if you're an average right. guy, you've got like seven things you can remember at a time. So a phone number is seven digits. You can remember that. And maybe if you're exceptional, you can remember nine really easily. But most people, it drops off pretty quickly after that. Most people don't easily remember a dozen numbers in a row unless they're unusual. So with dual back, what it does is it moves a square around on a grid, and it, through your auditory system, into your ears, it plays a, a letter or a number. And then it moves a new square, and it moves to a new number, and a new letter, a new number. And it's your job to remember what order the squares changed and what order you heard the letters in at the same time. And it's that at-the-same-time trigger that gets you, because it stresses you out. Your right. One part of you is, is saying, well, wait, uh, that square four moves ago, that square came up, so I need to press X. But four moves ago, that letter did not come up, so I don't need to press Y, and that sort of thing. And after enough stress on your brain like that, your brain says, well, I guess I need to have two working memory cues. And all of a sudden, you can remember seven numbers in one part of your brain and seven numbers in another part of your brain. So you've now doubled the RAM in your brain. It is it is work. Most people who start doing it, in my experience, unless they're the kind of people who would be in seal fit, <laughs> tend to, they tend to flake. They're like, oh, it's just too much work. It's uncomfortable. I felt unmotivated, blah, blah, blah. But if you just put it on your calendar, say, I'm going to do it every day, and I'm probably going to be a bit soft after I do it, but it's, you know, just like going out and hitting the gym, I'm going to do it. Right. It works. It's right. a real technology. It's been out for 10 years, and it was you know, written about in Sweden, and it's the only brain training out there that's been proven to raise IQ like that. Right. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of excited. Um, after we spoke to you last time, I, we hooked up, Michael and I hooked up with uh, Dr. Mark Smith, who is a developer of Dual Back. And so we're going to, Michael, you've got to uh, join me on this, but we're going to uh, dig in and increase our IQ. So we're going we're gonna to challenge ourselves, and um, whoever increases our IQ the most is going to win. And I haven't told Michael what the prize is yet, but I've I got to figure out how to baseline ourselves too, Michael. So we're going to have to follow up on this. We're gonna, um, what am I going to win, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know after the call. <laughs> a trip to San Diego for Kokoro Camp. How's that sound? Um, we, we're going to roll it out to Unbeatable Mind, uh, assuming it, it works. And, and if, Dave, what you say is true, it's, it's going to probably kick ass, and I'm looking forward to trying it. So there, thank you for there's that. An open, 
There's an open source one that you guys yeah. might want to really, you might really want to look into. Yeah, I've, I've worked with Mark's stuff in the past, and uh, uh, used to recommend it. Cool. Is there is there a um, particular URL for the open source one, or, or how do we find it? Yeah, let me pull that up for you real quick. Uh, it's uh, just uh, dual and back open source. There it is. I'll give you a link. I, its name is right on the tip of my brain, which is kind of funny because my brain's hacked. Usually, I don't, uh, I don't forget things like that, but I haven't had to install it in a while. Um, it's called Brain. Brain Workshop, brainworkshop.sourceforge.net is definitely worth checking out. And it's one of those things that it's, it's free, so you might as well. Cool, sourceforge.net. Awesome. Yep. Great tip, everybody. So go check it out. We're going to, uh, Michael and I, we're going to race you to the IQ finish line. So, yeah, of course, we know that IQ is just a, a you know, a, a, a small part of our intelligence. Have you found any way to kind of biohack your subconscious or creative intelligence? Now we're entering the realm of neurofeedback. Right. And there, there are some tricks that are kind of on the way to neurofeedback. Uh, I have an a application that was up on the iPhone or on the Android store for a little while, one I'm re-engineering right now, that's specifically designed to increase uh, that creativity and intuition. And right. What, what I, I do in that one is I, I use some sounds that put your brain in specific states where it's very hard to remember things, the states where you access your intuition and creativity, and then we train in those states to improve your memory so you can remember what happened then. And I've seen mm. really good results with things like you know memory recall or your daydreaming, and then all of a sudden you lose the daydream, but you lose the idea that came with it. And when you train right. this way for a little while, you learn to retain what's going on. And the way all this works is that we have these two modes in our brain. And until a few years ago, when Oxford proved it wasn't true, we used to believe that you were either in active mode or passive mode, and it was one or the other. It was binary. And, and like a lot of biological systems, it's not. It's a sliding scale. Right. So when you're paying attention, there's just a little bit of, of passive mode going on. And when you're not really paying attention, there's a lot of passive mode going on. And what we're doing with this software uh, which I hope to re-release sometime in the next few months, but uh, I, I don't want to promise uh, promise a time on it. It's it's called Bulletproof Mindware, and uh, what it what it does. I just want to clean up the code because I, I don't like releasing apps that that crash. Um, right. What we ended up doing there uh, was putting together this thing where where you just train in that state, so you can really recall what happened when you were in default mode, and the ability to move that slider back and forth becomes more into your conscious control. And there's different brain states you want to train in. But if you're someone who is well-trained in these techniques and you can be in a delta state, which is like a deep sleep state, and have even a tiny thread of memory running to remember what's going on in your brain, the results there can be pretty profound. Right. There's also this, I mentioned this 40 years of Zen meditation in seven days kind of thing. And that is amazing because it shows a 50% creativity boost that's stable a year later. Uh, and it, it's, it's one of those things where my creativity definitely improved there. And just things like breathing exercises, turning off the fight or flight, already turn up your creativity. But if you want to max it out, you're probably, at least max it out in a reasonable amount of time, you're probably going to want to pick up uh, a neurofeedback system or at least spend some time at a neurofeedback clinic. And I actually am just this week launching one of the neurofeedback systems on my, on my website and upgraded itself. And I'm not here to, to sell that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, 
if you go to a clinic, you're going to spend quite a bit of money, and you have to drive there, and you need to do, at least in my experience, you need to do it on a regular basis, pretty tightly spaced. So you want to go there like every day for an hour for at least five days, maybe 10 days, and you want to sort of get your time in, just like you would if you were learning some new skill. You want your brain every day to have to like, upgrade itself. Well, if instead you can do it at home and it costs a lot less, that's preferable. The difficulty there, though, is that home machines usually are are notoriously difficult to work with. I've had my own EEG since 1998. I've actually had three of them. And this is the first one that i found that pretty much anyone can operate. All you have to be able to do is stick two electrodes onto your head with some paste and clip a couple things in your ears and press a button, and it just does what it's supposed to do. And I've seen really good results with, with clients as well as myself. I, I've, I've probably had hundreds of hours of neurofeedback at this point. And I, I highly recommend that. Oh, fascinating. In, in fact, know, if, um, you guys, if you guys are interested after, you, after you're done through dual MVAC, um, I'll arrange to get some of this uh, some neurofeedback gear out to you guys, and uh, we'll, we'll see what it does. It could be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to follow up on that. You know, one of the, one of the challenges, like uh, Unbeatable Mind uh, students, you know, often – they don't complain, but they wonder, you know, where where do I start? Because, that you know, we introduce so many different practices throughout the course of, you know, the foundation course, which is 12 months long. And, you know, there might be 20 or 30 different practices that I recommend they do. And, you know, I always boil it down to uh, telling everyone, hey, you know, stick with some, some core practices that uh, will ensure that you're kind of training um, at what I call an integral level. And I know you know what that means. So that we're covering, you know, we're covering the three, you know, the main spheres of existence, right? So you're getting the training both at, at your individual, you know, consciousness level, but then you're mixing it up at a team level in that we sphere. So, you know, because learning is accelerated when you um, engage with other human beings. And then, you know, leverage the environment um, and, in your case, uh, technology now, which is that we have a whole new language to talk about. But also... Um, that we cover these these five you know human major human capacities we have, which are in our lexicon physical, mental, uh, emotional, and then your awareness or intuition, and then your spirit. And so you know it, when you when you put all together, there's quite a few ways that you can you can affect you know consciousness, intelligence, you know cognition, you know creativity, intuition, and all that. And yet there's a few practices that kind of cross over and affect all of them simultaneously. And so yoga has been one of them, which is thousands and thousands of years old um, in its fullest context. You know, yoga where we're talking about, you know, the way I understand yoga, where it includes, you know, movement and breathing and visualization and concentration and meditation drills. You know, so when, I, when people ask me, say, Mark, where do I start? I say, well, start, start with yoga, right? Because that's really the probably oldest and wisest practice. And so I guess I wanted to kind of throw it out. Is there a single most valuable technological, um, you know, tool that you found that can help a human being develop at an integral level, you know, on multiple levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, intuitionally, and spiritually, as opposed to like in one very, very refined point, like just increasing your IQ or something like that? I would say my number one biohacking tool of all time is the heart math inner balance uh, that I've got on upgrade itself. It's, it's 99 bucks. So the bang for the buck is incredibly high. 
And when right. you do this practice, it incorporates breathing. You have to breathe in and breathe out on a regular controlled thing. So you get some of what you, you normally see with pranayama in a yoga practice. By the way, I'm a fan of yoga. I can put my ankles beyond my head. I'm, you know, I, I've done yoga for quite a long time, last couple of years, less so. So but the other reason, when you do the heart rate variability training like this, you get the breathing, you get the, the stress release, but you also get the additional oxygenation that comes from that. And here's a little known fact. 80% of the nerves between your heart and your brain are sending signals from your heart to your brain. So the brain is not really controlling the heart so much as the heart's controlling the brain. So the heart is definitely a major sensor of your environment, and it's sending something up there to your head. So when you train the heart this way, the alpha waves in your brain go up measurably, especially in the prefrontal cortex, the front of the brain, where, where you want to get more activation. So... There's books about the effect of this on sleep. Your sleep quality improves when your heart rate is your heart rate variability is trained. Your overall focus uh, and attention and ability to be in a stressful situation without freaking out just go through the roof. So I feel like you get the benefits of meditation and more, and it's it's just faster. Right. So let's let's talk about this a little bit more. I'm this is I'm gonna I'm, this is what we're gonna do after dual M back there, Michael, and I'm gonna we're gonna invite the. Uh, the community of Unbeatable Mind to join us because I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to partner with you, Dave, to offer this heart map uh, to our folks as well because both you know both the do end back and this I think will be extremely valuable additions to our kind of suite of tools slash practices because you know what what I know about um, interrupting the fight or flight has all come through breathing practices drawn primarily from yoga and some from the martial arts. And breathing, you know, when you when you breathe with the right awareness, essentially you're meditating, and you can tap into and really quickly learn uh, to control your heart rate and to uh, learn essentially the different sensations. And you really, what you're doing is tapping into the intelligence or your heart brain. And then it yes. takes a little bit longer to, to learn how to tap into your belly brain, but that you know that's kind of a more refined nuance, and that's kind of your seat of intuition. But your heart is your seat of wisdom. And um, I think the challenge, you know, for me, it's easy for me to talk about because I've been doing it for so long, even without even really knowing I was training my heart and training to, to listen to it and to engage with it. And so everyone's saying, well, I want this. I want to know how to do this now. And I was like, well, okay, all you got to do is practice yoga for 15 years and, and you'll be able to do what I do. And, you know, and so this sounds fascinating to me if, if there's, you know, if we can buy a $99 tool that that can develop that type of awareness and attention and to be able to connect to our heart mind i mean i'm i'm very intrigued so thank you for well, bringing uh, that to our you, you got it. We'll, we'll put together a package for, for your guys that, that makes it, it worthwhile and include some coffee or something and, and it's it, it's yeah. one of those things that, that i mean i i have i'm just thinking about it there's probably like seventy thousand dollars worth of stuff in my little biohacking laboratory just when i look around uh, and it's kind of amazing that a $99 device uh, can have as big of an impact as this one does. It's it's phenomenal, and it it's cross-system. It's that whole integral thing. Because you, you get that right, you'll probably lift heavier, too, in the gym. I mean, literally, that sympathetic overactivation is, is just bad news. Well, that's, you know, it's foundational. It's like it's like an air squat. Once you can do the air squat, then, you know, everything else starts to flow from there when, when you're talking about fitness. But this is, you know, this is, awareness 101 you know what i mean 
And it's it's just that our society hasn't had these the lexicon or the or the tools, and that's why you know it's it's you know we're in the best of times and the worst of times. You know, uh, there's there's chaos and overpopulation is leading to you know our society is literally fraying all around us, and it, that means that guys like us need to step up and like leverage all the you know all the tools and resources that have been around for centuries like yoga and the new technologies and literally step up so we can, you know, we can use the fullest capacities of our human powers, not only, you know, so that we can kind of find our way through the, the maze, but also bring our tribes through it. You know, it's very exciting time and even though it's scary as hell for a lot of people. It, it's a little cliche, but, but my path has shown me you, if you want to change the world, you change yourself. And Correct. one of those technologies that helps you do that faster is this one. But you know, when you change yourself, then it, it makes you have more power and and more ability to to positively influence those around you. And I right. I've done little unusual studies where I uh, not really too scientific, just n equals one things. But I I give uh, presentations like keynote things uh, about biohacking and sometimes about computer security. And I do this to audiences. You know, a thousand people isn't too uncommon. And I notice that if I do this exact technique without the sensor, I, I just do the, the breathing technique before I go out on stage, I can think about what I'm going to say next. I can think about what I'm saying now, how the audience is reacting. I can feel how the audience is reacting. And there's no stress. There's no fear. There's no sweaty palms. There's no feeling of stone in my gut. I'm just in the zone. And I get right. higher marks. Like they, they fill out, you know, one to five. How this? How'd you like the presentation? How'd you like the presenter? My marks are always higher if I do that. If I don't do it, I stumble. I reach for words. I say, um, and I just feel like I don't connect with the audience as well. It makes me a more powerful uh, source or conveyor of information just when I do these practices that are directly tied to 10,000-year-old shamanic practices and yoga and and martial arts. Right. Yeah, I have the same experience. I mean, not not with the heart math, obviously, but when I uh, am, unless I'm rushed or something, when I have the time to practice uh, my box breathing and some meditation before a presentation, I mean, there's no question it just flows, and so I, I feel like I become more of a conduit than you know thinking my way through it. And so that you know that you know, for speakers, anyone out there who has to do presentations, I tell you what, that, if you're not doing that, then jump on it because it's very powerful. Yeah, um, there's two other there's two other audiences that that I found really dig this stuff. Um, one of my uh, clients is a is a fairly well known professional poker player and you know, high stakes poker stuff you see on on TV. And that's pretty cool because disability to do heart math puts you, you know, back in the zone even if you've got you know, $200,000 on the table, those super high-stress situations. And the other ones right. who, who really dig this uh, are uh, hedge fund managers, investment bankers. Like, I'm flying out uh, next week. I'm going to be in, uh, in London meeting with, like, the top investment bankers in the seat of finance for all of Europe talking about how do you upgrade your nervous system and – half those guys are going to end up using this kind of technology because it makes them more effective in their day as well. And I'm really hoping that by, you know, spreading this kind of knowledge and making it faster and more accessible with people who can really have large influence uh, that we can just help to get this out there. Because honestly, my three-year-old kicks ass on the heart math device. He loves doing it. You tell the average little kid, hey, take a deep breath. They go, you tell my guy, hey, take a deep breath. He takes five seconds in, five seconds out, and he stops yelling. 
So this is a fundamental technology for everyone. It's not just for, you know, SEAL warriors and, and executives, but just no one knows about it. Right. No, that's great. We're on a kind of the same mission, you know what I mean? I I definitely resonate with this, and, and I feel like, um, you know, it's it's time to, to really crack the door wide open on this stuff. And and then, you know, to me, the, not to get on my soapbox, but to me, the, 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 the end goal is to, to help people be the change they want to see in the world, like you said earlier, and um, and then you know have a ripple effect out so that we can all start to to take care of the environment and take care of you know, dis- the disaffected, not just make more money as a hedge fund manager or or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, individual performance is great, but you know we've got to basically turn our eyes off ourselves and and help others out, or else you know this whole planet is screwed. It, it's kind <laughs> of cool because I. You're you're exactly right, and and I've I've been really fortunate in that some of the people I've had a chance to interact with uh, with my biohacking are are on the Forbes list, like, like really really powerful people, you know, who control enormous resources. And I was when I when I first got into this, I was kind of expecting you know the the Gordon Gecko sort of thing, but right. the vast vast majority of the guys I've, I've met genuinely genuinely want to improve themselves, not out of greed. They genuinely want to improve the world. I mean, they're, they are putting resources to work. And yeah, they are the 1%. And, and you know, some people would, would like it if they you know, shared more of the wealth, et cetera, et cetera. But none of them that I've met are out to do evil uh, or, you know, destroy the world. Uh, and right. most of them genuinely want to help other people. They just don't necessarily know how. And some of them are struggling with just not being as conscious as they ought to be. Because they spend all their life chasing the money instead of chasing consciousness, right? Correct. Yeah, you hit that on the head. You hit it on the head. So it's, it's got to elevate their consciousness. It's not about learning a new trick or, or learning a new, um, you know, technique. It's, it's basically becoming a new person. And at that level, then they can affect the world more positively. Good stuff. That's awesome. So you know what? Um, I, I want to basically, there, there was one question that came in, and I want to kind of hit that up, and then I'm going to, um, I have to bell a little bit early because as I mentioned right before our call, I'm doing something this weekend which is very, very cool. I'm down in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and uh, we're doing an event with adaptive athletes uh, through a charity, a nonprofit called uh, Transition Possible. And so I've been uh, met all day today with these uh, 15 incredible human beings, um, m- most of whom, you know, are are my new inspiration. I mean, um, you know, amputees, single leg, double leg, missing arms. Uh, we have an athlete who's both blind and missing a leg. I mean, it's just incredible, incredible human beings and all very, very positive, wow. uh, all incredible uh, role models and have overcome, you know, s- such an adversity in their lives. And yet they're super happy. I mean, it's fascinating. Um and so, I mean, I'm learning more from them than they'll ever learn from me in this training that we're going to do, and it's just fascinating. So I've got to go. I've got to, you know, 5 o'clock, I've got to be out um, being picked up, so I've got to go a little early. But um, let me get back to there. There was a question that, that Michael had teed up and essentially was around, uh, you know, the use of, of um, neurological enhancement drugs. And what our position was on that, and I was kind of like, at first I was like, I, I don't even know what that is. Like, what is a neurological enhancing drug? And then you reminded me that coffee or caffeine was one. And so I said, well, I'm all, I'm all for that. Like, caffeine's a big part of my life, so let's go for it. But, um, 
You mentioned there's some other things, and I, I'm trying to find my notes. I can't find them. You probably know what it is. Oh, it's modafinil. Modafinil or, or Provigil is, is the trade name in the U.S. But yeah, Modafinil is, is one. And I've been on uh, Nightline and CNN and uh, CBS News. Um, Nightline like like flew out to my house and, and filmed me for two days talking about this stuff. Um, it's a drug that turns off your desire uh, and need to go to sleep for quite a while. And it's one okay. that that has been used uh, for military missions for, you know, you need to stay awake as a, as a pilot uh, for 40 hours or so. The old drug for that was amphetamine. The problem with right. amphetamine is it makes you want to kill people. And, right. and if you're flying an airplane and you're really tired and you know, you've had combat stress or whatever other stressors are going on, uh, your decision-making goes down. When you use ProVigil, your ability to pay attention and focus uh, goes up and stays up, and you don't appear to even build up much of a sleep deficit. So it's a, a an amazing drug that that can let you just pay attention in a way that you might not have known how to do before. And it's one that I took daily for eight years, and it's right. one that I use on occasion now. Uh, and, and people question, is, is this you know is, is this somehow cheating? And the answer is absolutely, it's cheating. But that's not a bad thing because if we go back, oh, 100,000 years to you know, the times of the cavemen, there were two cavemen. And one of them walked in one day and said, Ugh, uh, I've got this piece of wood on fire from a lightning strike. I think I'll use it to keep my cave warm. And the other caveman said, that's cheating. And one of those two cavemen is our ancestors. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so when, like, I don't know what else to say. Yes, it's cheating, but it's good. We should all be cheating. Exactly. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So <laughs> when you pick this stuff, does it, I mean, don't you develop or build up a sleep deprivation that you eventually have to catch up? I mean, what, what's going on with this drug? You, you certainly, it's not that it turns off your need to sleep ever, but you can you can perform at, at very good levels without building up a sleep debt like you would from just using plain coffee, let's say. And uh, eventually you will want to sleep. And there's questions, well, if you just use it to sleep less for long periods of time, will you, uh, you know, take years off your life? Will it shorten your telomeres or something? And no one's done long-term studies like that. Uh, but for the most part, I, I would say that the drug has less toxicity than Tylenol. And that's right. also a matter of debate. There's a, a very vanishingly small number of people who have a, a skin reaction, like a rash from it. And some people get headaches. Uh, but for the most part, compared to something like an amphetamine or some of the other antidepressants out there, it's much less noxious of a drug. And, and it turns out it's the most famous one. It, it's the drug that I, I'm certain the cameramen who filmed Limitless, the movie, they were they had tried this drug because when the guy in the movie takes the drug, everything gets more vibrant. You can see colors more cleanly in the movie. When you take ProVigil, that's what happened. Every color in your environment gets just a little bit more intense. And I measured my brainwaves while meditating on ProVigil. Let me tell you, if you take a drug that lets you pay attention with less effort, and you think about what you're doing when you're meditating, you're paying attention. Well, my meditation scores, my alpha waves in my brain are higher and easier to raise consciously when I'm on modafinil than when I'm off of it. So who would have thought that a smart drug might make you a better meditator? I'm convinced that that's exactly what happens. Right. So where do we get it? <laughs> Uh, it, it's a prescription drug, and you need to go to your doctor and get a prescription, or uh, there are uh, various websites online where you can order it, and a doctor in some foreign country 
writes you a prescription and then they send it to you. Uh, buyer beware, there are some bad websites out there. There's various discussion forums out there where people talk about which, which companies offer legitimate versus illegitimate you know, fake stuff. Um, but for the most part, if you go to your doctor and you say the right words, you'll get it and your insurance will cover it. And the right words would be shift worker sleep disorder uh, or narcolepsy because that's what it's a, a approved for. And so if you stay up late at night in order to do your job, you can legitimately say, I have shift worker sleep disorder symptoms, so I would like to try this to see if it alleviates them. If you get jet lag, this stuff will completely turn off jet lag. Uh, I'm going to be flying basically a red eye to London, landing and then starting meetings. And when I do that, as soon as I land, I'm going to pop a provigil. I'm also going to have a big, hot, fresh-made cup of bulletproof coffee with extra MCT oil and butter because I found my, that I can do that with or without the provigil. Just bulletproof coffee works. And that's why I only take provigil on rare occasions now because with the right uh, tweaking of the coffee recipe, I get such a big amount of performance there that my uh, the, the big uptick I used to get from Provigil, it's just not as big compared to what the coffee does. So if I want the extra 10% boost, I take Provigil. And if I just want the 90% boost, I take my Bulletproof coffee. I carry my beans with me. I carry butter and MCT oil with me when I travel. And I just it's just not worth trying to do it without it. Right. You don't put the butter in the coffee, do you? That's the recipe. You brew the coffee with my beans that are – we have a study we're about to publish – that looks at cognitive function on my coffee versus a major brand of coffee, and there's a huge difference that's quantifiable. And so you take the beans without the toxins that limit performance, you mix in MCT oil, and I make my own MCT oil. It's called upgraded MCT. And this is an extract of coconut oil that's six times stronger than coconut oil. So you couldn't eat that much coconut oil to get this stuff. And then you add two tablespoons of butter, and you hit it with a blender, even a little hand blender, or you shake it up in a cup. It's foamy like a latte. It tastes great. The butter needs to be grass-fed. But when you do this, you have no hunger for eight hours. I've got pro fighters who are doing this, like MMA guys, uh, UFC fighters uh, who are on Bulletproof Coffee, uh, who literally just, just can't get enough of it because they can go eight hours, and you know, they're hitting it hard. I, one guy just uh, ran a training course where he, he sparred with 13 people in a row on Bulletproof Coffee. So you'll, you'll find some very high-performance people have adapted this to, as part of their training regimen because the fats tell your body that there's enough energy in the environment. They help you build hormones, but your body still thinks you're fasting. If you have just a cup of coffee with fat in it and no protein and no carbs, you can do amazing things to your physiology that promote wellness and health and performance. Right. That's good stuff. I wish I had more time to spend with you. So we're going to have to do this again, uh, Dave. Um, this has been terrific. So thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I've got to run, but um, uh, it's terrific talking to you. I'm excited to uh, follow up on, on both the heart math, and I'm, I'm going to dig into your coffee when I get back into town. Looking forward to uh, doing more with you and partnering with you because uh, we're on parallel paths that are colliding. So I'm excited about that. You got it, Mark. I'm excited too. Always a pleasure. Likewise. And uh, you take care of yourself and we'll um, we'll follow up and we'll uh, look forward to our next call. All right. It's a deal. Bye. Wow. That was awesome. What a great guy and tons and tons of valuable information. So cool. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, have a terrific, terrific day, whatever you're doing. Stay focused. Train hard. That's it. We'll catch you next time. Booyah, Coach Divine out. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. 